the player I'm going to get mad at you guys about, just so, you know, steal yourself. Failure. You take it very personally. You shame me, guys. You shame me. Uh-oh. Tell me why I'm wrong. So I'm just going with my heart over my head, because my head is stupid anyway. Prepare for total domination. Oh, that's just dumb, though. I've never been proven more wrong in my life so quickly and so dramatically. Recording. December 19th, 2022. It is the sixth pot of the year with Snap Wilson, Robococo, MJ Tolliver. It has been a hot minute, guys. I don't think we've talked since like before Thanksgiving, if I remember right, just before Thanksgiving. So how have you all been? MJ, let's start with you. Let me unmute my mic first. <laughs> oh yeah, why don't we do uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been all right, man. Just happy to happy to get back and that we have a we kind of have a routine right now. It's it's a good thing because it it glues my life. Yeah, having this thing with you guys, like it, it you know, it it puts We're everything. We're gonna be talking quite like, a bit over the next month, so it, and it's like boom, nine o'clock Monday, and then everything <laughs> else has to fit in around it. You know what I mean? So it kind of it gives me better organization. Yeah, it's nice, nice little anchor for all of us. Becky, how have you been, yes, sir? I am doing well. Just went to the call game yesterday. Oh yeah, I did not we, hear the get the final score for that. What did they win? They did win. Yeah. Lisa had I think twenty seven and twelve. So That's pretty standard, pretty standard performance from her, honestly. Yeah. Just about her averages. We'll play Louisville on Wednesday. If we win that game, I will be very annoying about it. Yeah. So I look forward to that. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, a few things have happened since we last got together. Brittany Griner is home. Yes, Yay. I think we are all very, very happy about that. And she has, in addition to the many other things, there's there's like a lot of very interesting articles that have gone up about her experience and her time there. I think mostly from, I think his name is TJ Quinn with ESPN, who has been on top of this whole thing from the very beginning and what it means and kind of, you know, sorting out the bad information from the good. And he had, or somebody reviewed, talked to her a bit when she had hit San Antonio or, or, or at least had kind of reported on how things were going for her and things like that. And she had released her first statement saying that her and her wife, as her wife had previously stated, were going to be dedicating themselves to getting other American prisoners, unjustifiably prisoned people back home, which is awesome. Wouldn't have expected anything less. And she also emphatically stated that she is going to be playing in the WNBA, which is just like wild from like the, the, the time and point in time where she declared it and the emphasis that she really wanted to make it clear that she was playing. I don't, I don't even think she has, has left San Antonio yet. She's planning on being home for Christmas, but she's still in her kind of way station from getting prepared for the outside world. So that's really interesting that she had made that declaration so soon. And it kind of, when you top it off with some of the things that we did know about her, uh, when she was in Russia and they offered her a basketball, to work out with and she declined it like she didn't want to think about basketball or anything and maybe she was kind of mentally gearing herself up for a long stay and then the first thing we find out when she hit san antonio is she worked out and she dunked <laughs> so maybe that's just her mindset is that she's she's mentally preparing herself for what she knows is is uh, coming next or preparing herself as much as she can i just thought that was kind of a cool little you know, change shift in attitude the way that 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 worked out for her. So anyway, how do we feel? Let, let's talk a little bit about Brittany and then we will get to our main topic of the day because it is going to be a kind of an expensive one. So just any, any thoughts? Becky, let's start with you. I just love this news that she's 
her emphatically declaring that she's going to play. And obviously she doesn't owe the fans anything. She doesn't owe anyone any sort of performance on the court, but it's clear it's something that she loves. And just, I'm so excited for next season. Like it almost makes me cheer up a little bit. Like the idea that like, I'm going to get to be at a basketball game and see her and cheer for her and like welcome her home. Like as a fan, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited that she's going to be what was clear from the way the players and the WMBPA reacted is, you know, these players have a really, really tight community and consider themselves family. And so many of the players were writing to her consistently and advocating for her. So this is, you know, her community or, one of her communities. So I'm very excited that she's going to be able to kind of get back into it come this spring. So yeah, 100. percent I'm like I was like mentally prepared for her not to be here, and you know don't don't want to hope for things that that I have no control over. But it's like that she's going to play. It was just like this big shock, big happy shock that we're going to get to see her again. MJ, how do you feel? I, I was shocked as well that she, well, of course, first and foremost, I'm definitely happy about it. I, I think that her making that decision so fast and, and, you know, her picking up a ball and getting to the workout and stuff, it, it gave me a sense of maybe she wasn't, I don't, I don't want to say it, people were misreporting, but it's like, maybe she was in a better mind frame and maybe, you know, her being able to make the decision so fast, she still has that. Like, I would think an athlete is all about preparation. So yeah, she was pretty much wrapping her head around everything and she looked in really good spirits and just, I mean, like herself, to be honest, I was thinking, you know, cause when I thought about her being over there over just over the time and us tweeting out free BG mm-hmm. and, you know, and I just kept thinking, I'm like, man, I can only imagine what it's like. Yeah, uh, I, I cannot even imagine country. anything like that. Yeah, and yeah. To even come back and like you got to deal with like so much just getting out in the world after being free after you know you've been incarcerated and and you don't know when you're getting free. The sentence is years, years long, and you know there's there's hope, but at the same time nothing's happening. And then finally, it all happens. Just to, she's really strong. That's all I got to say is that to yeah. declare that I'm going to get out there back on the road in front of people out in public so much after 10 months of being locked up like that is that's wild. All, all praise to BG. We're happy to have you back in the league. We're happy to discuss you in a couple of weeks. But so let's get to what we're going to be doing here over the next month. This is we're doing kind of ranking, getting a little mid off season thinking about players for the upcoming season. So we're doing the thing that is everybody loves, which is top 10 lists. We're going to be doing for this episode today, we're going to be doing top 10. I called it guards, but what what it really is, is ball handlers. And I'll kind of explain what that distinction is before we start then. And for next week, we will be doing top 10 wings. And then the following two weeks, we're going to get together for top 20 bigs because there is a lot this is probably the highest quality in terms of this the separation of positions that we have, and uh, there's a lot more players to discuss. So what this is, so we're starting again with guards or primary ball handlers, and these are players who initiate offense, mostly on ball, either through pick and roll or isolation, mostly pick and roll. Isolation is not a huge part of the WNBA, and that includes often initiating offense for others as well as, them, as themselves. So prior to like a few days ago, I kind of divvied things up and I'm sure even my podcast hosts probably looked at the, the lists and went, 
why is one person here and another person there, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll tell you how I kind of came to the conclusion was I looked at Synergy offensive plays, total number of possessions. And then I looked at the number of possessions that were initiated from these individual players based on pick and roll ball handling, shots, shot attempts for themselves and shot attempts for others through passing. And I looked at isolation that that didn't really have much of a factor in anything. And that's how we kind of we kind of came up with these divisions. So you're going to see a lot of players who are defined as shooting guards, but they're going to be in this category. And you're going to notice some players missing. Uh, most prominently, Arike Ogunbowale, who I think yes. most people would think of as a primary <laughs> ball handler. And I will bring this up. I will stall for time while I bring this up. But she's so there's obviously a scale of degrees and a lot of players are kind of fit more comfortably into one thing than they do into another. And then there's going to be players that are kind of on the borderline. She was not necessarily one of the borderline players last year. What was it? Let me look at her play types really quick. It was 36% or 19% of her overall possessions were pick and roll ball handler. And if you look at it, the the number as a percentage, including passes in, per, in contrast to her in total number of possessions, it was only 36%. And that's kind of been her career up to this point. She is mainly a transition player, which is actually, you know, very good for her. And then secondarily, she was spot up last year. She had more spot up shot opportunities than she did pick and roll ball handling opportunities, which is crazy to think about. But that's where she fell. There were two players that could I could have put into this category, and I didn't because it really was hard to wrap my brain around considering one of them. And then the other one, I just kind of had to make a judgment call on. And it wasn't Enrique, and it wasn't Jackie Young, like you put in to troll me <laughs> initially in your list, MJ. And Enrique. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not Enrique, not Jackie Young. It was, one of them was Tiffany Hayes, because last year she was really mostly off ball. But historically, she's been very much an on ball player who operates out of pick and roll. And I just didn't know, I kind of didn't know what to do with her. She's, she's getting on, I think, in, in years where the foot speed is maybe going a little bit. And I ha also have no idea what or where she's going to play next season and what the context of that playing is will be. She could very well fall into this category next year. So I just kind of made a judgment call on her and I decided to go with wing player because I think we can think of her more easily in that role. And then the other one is a real surprise. And that is Dewana Bonner. Dewana Bonner's percentage of opportunities that are a result from pick and roll and transition and spot up are very close to somebody who is on this list, which is Kelsey Plum like their makeup in terms of the type of plays that they do are very, very similar. And I just could not fit into my brain comparing Dewana Bonner to the players that we're about to talk about. It was just a little too weird for me. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. And then the other thing that I thought about was, was I think like it would, if most of you thought about where Dewana Bonner would wind up, you probably would have thought bigs, right? Yeah. Like small for, for me. Personally. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have her synonymous with like the she because of her height. She's like the yeah. KD of the of the WNBA to me. Right. In that sense. Yeah. That that makes sense. She's lengthy, but offensively, she is not anywhere close to a big. She doesn't really do pick and roll as as the role person. She doesn't do 
you know, offensive rebounds, post-ups, that kind of thing. Never, hardly ever. She, she had only one pick and roll as a role person last year, period, altogether. It is all perimeter-based stuff. It's pick and roll, it's spot up, and it's transition. You won't sound like you dissing her if you say she's not doing big things. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. She is truly the WNBA unicorn, right? She's got like the, like we talk about Brianna Stewart or whatever, but their offensive roles fit more comfortably into the big style. Elena Deladon, players like that, Candace Parker, who have perimeter skills, but they're still, if you look at what they're doing, it's going to be a lot of pick and roll, a lot of post-up type of things. It's still going to comfortably fit into the big category. She does not at all. She, if you, if you just looked at her by numbers, you would swear she was a point guard, which is really, really strange. But what's her, I, what's her assist number? Uh, her assist numbers are not too high per okay. possession. Look this up means. real quick. She's like, she's really volume, which would classify her as a guard. She's okay. So among players, this is something I'm going to kind of list occasionally. Is I rank players by per possession over the last two years, and she's 46th, which fits in like it fits in with near aerial powers. Sammy Whitcomb, Christy Wallace, really a lot of kind of non-passing guards. Um, so, yeah, kind of wingish there in terms of assist numbers, but in terms of playmaking, she does a lot of pick and roll. She is very much uses floor skills. So that's how we came to these divisions. And now you kind of understand why I put some in one group and some in another group. It's it just maybe in your head you're thinking, no, this this person is a ball handler, and as a percentage wise, primarily they're kind of not. So. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, we'll get to it. So we were, we're, we selected on doing a top 10 and then we did our voting and it really wound up being more of a top nine because, <laughs> because we could not really come to any conclusion on who deserved the last spot. Uh, and I went through my list. It was like, there were eight that I'm like, obviously these eight are in the top 10. And then I was like, like there were a bunch yeah. of, you know, good players that weren't obviously jumping off as, oh, these are definitely you know, the top 10. Yeah, I knew my top seven, and then everybody after that was like, had question marks all over the place, and I had to really think about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. But yeah, we kind of conclusively thought, came to a conclusion on on nine of them. And then 10th, and, and the, we only picked a total of 11 players. So, everybody else, everybody else, nobody, nobody else besides 11 players out of Picking 10 spots, got votes. We'll talk just briefly about some of the ones who didn't. Diana Taurasi did not. I don't think that's necessarily a huge surprise. But if you look at her offensive numbers, she is 15th in points per possession over the last two seasons. She is, I think, 10th in assists. She's true true shooting over the last two seasons, 55%. There's obviously... Some caveats to that is that she she probably allows a similar level of production on the other end when she's defending, and then she does kind of a lot of many things that are not good for her team. A lot of technicals, unnecessary fouls, that kind of thing. And then on top of that, since we're considering this for the 2023 season, she's she's going to be what, 40, 41, I think? Whatever it is, she's going to yeah. be kind of up there. She has a Bit of a problem staying healthy, although she played 33 games last year, which was like a high, a four-year high for her, something like that. But yeah, it's just that kind of reason. You, she, Her numbers, offensive numbers look good, and I would say that she is a good offensive player, and she is going to, with Skyler being out for a significant portion of the year, if not all of it, with her pregnancy, 
she's probably going to be very much point guard D. And I think that's probably a good thing for her because it's the shot that has become less consistent and the ability to to get to the rim. So if she's mainly distributing, that's probably a good thing because her, her passing is still very, very good. But there's there's all the other things that you have to kind of take into consideration with it. And we found 10 players that we like better. 11, actually. Finishing in 11 is Jasmine Thomas, who is returning after only playing five games last season. Becky voted her for 10th place on her list. And that was enough to get 11th place on the overall list. So, Becky, why don't you talk a little bit about Jasmine Thomas and why you picked her for your list? Yeah, as I said, you know, she was not in my obvious top eight. Right. And, of course, she was injured for most of last year, so we don't, we can only kind of look back to what she did in 2021, but she was a very, very good guard in 2021. She's really, obviously, her she makes a name for herself on her, the defensive end. Uh, yep. A really strong defend, defensive player, a good distributor, has been, you know, the point guard on a contending team for many years in a row. We'll see how she looks post injury. She's getting a little older too. Yep. But I still think, she, you know, based on what she did in 2021 and and the scope of her career, I think she's still going to be a very good guard next year. And I hope I hope she is. Yeah, the reason I didn't pick her was was basically she was not great on offense last year. Her points per possession rank out of pick and roll was in the... Let me see if I can find it. Can't believe I keep clicking on the wrong thing. It was 0.826, which is really, really bad points per possession. And that was 40, 40th percentile. She was 11th percentile getting her own shot out of the pick and roll. Is that she 2022 is, or 2021? 2021. I'm talking oh, okay. 2021, her her full season. Yeah, she had she she was just she struggled a bit. And one of the weaknesses I think that people said coming out, out of that season was the inability of their guards to generate offense. It was her Courtney was not uh, on the team at that point. But it was, so it was her and Natisha Hedeman. And neither neither of them were really, really super strong shot creators per se. I, I think Hedeman had a better season last year. And she was a player that I strongly considered for this list as well, just because her her own percentages have been pretty good. I think part of that is having bigs who can make shots, but at the same time, she destroyed she I think she also did a little bit of showed a little bit of facility more in in floor game, you know, dribbling, getting into pos- position and distributing or or taking it when the shot was there. Her shot is pretty decent. Her, her three-point shot is pretty decent. Uh, and I kind of arrived at the point where, so you have Jasmine Thomas, who's going to be 33, coming off of an injury, you know, pretty bad injury. I feel like Natisha Hedeman should like start getting some of those minutes. That'd be wild to talk around the dinner table with them <laughs> about if, if Natisha started taking some of her time. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. I never think about that stuff. And now WNBA, the league where you can think about what if your spouse is taking some of your playing time. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know I need my minutes back, right? Why, why don't you ease up? How about that? All right. Anyway, so uh, number 10 on our list was Courtney Williams, the other Connecticut guard. There are obviously a lot of things about Courtney that drive many people crazy. Her shot selection is not the greatest in the world. However, when you look at numbers at the end of the day, 
She is historically a pretty good pick and roll player. It is surprising to note that it's not something that you would necessarily think because you're you, you wind up getting a lot of long twos out of that situation. But her points for possession, finding shots for herself, a 65th percentile, and including passes, 75th percentile, and and she has been very solid over her over the course of her career. The the percentage, the efficiency went down way 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 down when she was in Atlanta and she was like, I'm going to shoot whenever I want and they're going to let me. That is not her ideal role. Fitting within an offense, I think she is solid. She is not the best in the world. You could see her definitely fluctuating if if the fit isn't right, that kind of thing. But she's okay. And that kind of put her, I, I had her ninth, MJ, you had her 10th. And it just kind of, I found, I thought it was just better than the other options, a little more reliable than the other options out there mj what do you think about courtney williams i'm i'm going based off her playoff performance like she was making shots i didn't think she could make and and if she because she's like probably what like 28 or something like that mm, yeah something like that uh, still pretty young so yeah it's i i think it's still some growth there and and maybe cementing that like adding that going into this season so that's why I picked her over because I got Diana after her and then I got Natisha yeah. and then Jasmine would have went there, but she's been dealing with injury. So I just didn't even bother with her. Okay. But yeah, just she, she really impressed me. So I had to put her 10th. I couldn't think of anybody else that should have been there and she mm. could have been higher, but you know. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a lot of good players ahead of us. Yeah. So uh, obviously and in some, in some bias by me, <laughs> we'll get there. There is, that is a, a really good point is that her, her, her type of offense is kind of good defense proof because she just, she takes difficult shots. That is, that's one thing that like I, I said about Chelsea gray is that even before she started shooting the lights out this year is that her offense is very consistent, even against good teams is just because she is a difficult shot taker. And if you're one of those difficult shot takers, you can make, you know, the percentage wise overall may not be great, but you can take those shots against anybody. <laughs> Because nobody's and really guarding them. It helps that she's got bigs like that. Like she's basically yeah. giving her team Kobe assists per se. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. Kobe used to have Gasol and Andrew Bynum as his bigs, and they're like borderline seven feet. So it's like pretty much, you know, it's pretty much the same for her. Like she could take those shots and get away with it too. Yeah, and on top of that, she's a really good others. rebounder for a guard as well. So yeah. she adds a little something, not the best defender in the world, but not the worst. I, Becky, I know you didn't have her on your list. So what what kind of kept you away? Was it just 10 better or, or are you not crazy about her? It was just 10 better. She okay. was on my honorary mention. Yeah, short list. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. All right. So now we're getting to the real nine who we all kind of had a little bit of a consensus on. I think I was the 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 least optimistic about her. But who had who had her the highest? Oh, it was definitely MJ who had her the highest. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk Marina Mabry. Tell tell us how you feel about Marina. So you had her six. You're expecting her to to be to do really well next year. Yeah. Tell us why that is. Just she just needs the freedom to be able to be who she is. And we've seen that in the games because didn't Enrique? Yeah, Enrique went down a few games, and yep. Marina like, ooh we. She like took over with Alicia and, and, you know, I, I know what I'm seeing. Like, I know yours is more stats based, but yep. I'm, I guess I'm kind of like eye test guy, the eye test guy <laughs> and all of this. And yeah, I just, I see more coming from her because we haven't seen anywhere near the best of a Marina Mabry. Not yet. Yeah. And, if you went off of her best games, I would have her a lot higher. 
Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I did. I mean, yeah. like I said, it's it's a little bias on my list, and you and then you know I'm a a Dallas Wings used to be her, so mm-hmm. ex girlfriend, <laughs> right? Just, <laughs> so yeah, that's why I had her so high. All right, Becky, how do you feel about Marina? What are your positives and negatives with her? Yeah, I'm similar to you, Snap, in that I if if she always played her best game should be much higher in the list but it's hard because she's such a streaky player it feels like mm. he's either scoring 25 plus points or four <laughs> and if you go facts you know, yeah if you go to her box scores just looking at them it's like she has a whole run at the beginning of the or at the end of the season it's 27 10 19 31 18 15 26 mm-hmm. and then before that it's 8 8 8 2 like <laughs> so it's that streakiness that makes me not put her higher, but she's a young player and she's really crappy and fun to watch. And I think if she can put it together consistently, she'll be really, really good. So you hope she's kind of she's kind of in that time frame where you can you see a lot of players take that step forward. She's only three years in. Yep. That's fair. I probably should have I in retrospect, I probably should have put her higher i think the the negatives were weighing on me more than the positives she is a per as a per position scorer she has been 21st over the past two seasons which is is pretty darn good not on great efficiency only a was her her true shooting 512 which is is pretty mediocre last year her pick and roll including passes was like 38th percentile it wasn't great but the year before it was in the 80th percentile i think she tried to do quite a bit last year, especially with Arike out, and it didn't always turn out that great. She is a, a practically non-existent defender. She she may be one of the worst defenders in the league who is not named Diana Taurasi, unfortunately. There was that one LA game where Brittany Sykes, Brittany Sykes, just like chew her up and spat her out, just getting into the paint at will, going right around her. That just really stands out in my mind. So maybe I'm maybe I'm underrating her a little bit on that end, but she's not good. That's fair. Yeah, it's just and it's not it's not as big a deal. I think if you're if you're meant to be a primary offensive player, then you know people can learn to live with it. Especially if you're a perimeter defender, if you're really good offensively, then they can learn to live with it. She's just been really really inconsistent. You know, she is young. I I think I'm I'm trying to be very optimistic about some young players this year, as you'll see, <laughs> as you'll see in some of these upcoming rankings. I, I just feel good about a lot of them, and maybe I should feel better about her. It wasn't too long ago I was advocating a trade for Brianna Jones for her. So Connecticut could get her in the backcourt. And then it was just the end of the season, that that final playoff game where it just really nothing went right for her. She had a zillion turnovers and couldn't do anything against Connecticut's defense. That maybe that just kind of weighed on my mind a little bit. But yeah, she, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I kind of think we're all right here. She probably is one of the nine players on our list worth considering. So but yeah, Marina Mabry. Huge honor. <laughs> it's a huge honor. One of the one of the nine primary ball handlers who are worth talking about this upcoming season. All right, moving on. This is a fun one. Number eight on our list from the New York Liberty is Marine Johannes. And say something real quick. Yeah, if that's how you pronounce it, we gonna start calling her Mayo. Mayo. Yeah, Mayo. Like mayonnaise. Yeah. Why? What, what? <laughs> mayonnaise okay. has no flavor okay, she maybe has not. all the flavor oh, in the dude. world okay well never mind 
<laughs> yeah, it is just eggs and oil. I'm very anti mayonnaise. Let's not do that. And I don't like mayonnaise anyway. We'll call so it aioli. Hey, hey, there you go. <laughs> People will not know what the hell we're talking, we're about, talking about. We do that, but that's all right. So, Marie Johannes, MJ, you had her the highest rank, but we're we're all kind of in the same ballpark, seventh or eighth. You had her seventh, and Becky and I had her eighth, and we kind of fit her in right below the you know that group of of more veteran players, I think. So, uh, go ahead and give us your thought on this. You already know how I feel about her. Like I was gushing about her ever since she they increased her volume, and you you know my secret little trade or you know my move. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I, so I, I don't know. You want to get everybody onto the New York Liberty, so <laughs> yeah. you actually want to take her off? <laughs> no, no, I want her there, but I want okay. Marina there too to kind of ease the burden off Sabrina, so she won't get hurt. You know, but yeah, just to see those three together shooting lights out like that would be amazing. But I just think she had a really good season because I was down on New York at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, no. They don't have, they're not using really any of their picks. They're hurt. And then it's like, okay, well, Sabrina's here. Who, who else is coming along? And then suddenly she just came out of nowhere, just like lightning pretty much and was lighting it up and it was consistent. You know, it wasn't like what we said about Marina, like 25, <laughs> what'd you say, Becky, 25 today, four tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so she was showing up and I think that she's a good piece for them going forward too. Okay. Becky, what are your thoughts? Well, one thing that when I was looking that surprised me is that she actually has the best true shooting percentage among everyone yes. that we have on this list. Yes. The best true shooting percentage of any guard who played more than half their games this season. And I think of, maybe I didn't realize it because I, when I think of Marie Johannes, I think of those incredible passes, obviously, which can lead to some turnovers, but when they hit, they're beautiful. And I also hit a, think of her taking like, moving to the left and jumping and taking these threes and hitting more than she should. But I didn't think yes. she was making them at quite the cliff that she was. And so she's really impressed. Obviously just a ball of talent. I hope she comes over this season. I really do. Yeah. Same here. I mean, like we, we're, we're kind of basing this on whether what's, or not, you know, what's comes over to Chicago. Plays in the WNBA. Oh, she doesn't always, oh, she's, you know, international fun. players. Oh, okay. I thought she was trying to recruit her to the, to the sky. Oh, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. say, here we go point guard but yeah yeah my only worry is how much she'll play i think she's proven herself to to be very very good based on her play in the wnba she is you have to wonder if the three-point shooting will hold up she's currently career 41.7 percent and that accounts for quite a bit of her offense if it's if it is if it does then i mean just like the way she shoots it's yeah you you like you, you wonder how she makes the shots that she does but if she's hitting them at a 47 a 41 percent clip that's amazing statistically it, the eye test matches the numbers she is 86 percentile over her two full seasons in the WNBA thus far in pick and roll including passes and that kind of matches with the eye test where she is very very creative passer and obviously somebody who can can get her own shot. It's just how much is she going to play? But I would take 20 minutes of Maureen Johannes over just about anybody else we have lower on our list because she's really, really, really good on offense thus far. And if she gets more playing time, so much the better. I'm sorry, Becky, did I cut you off? Did you have anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, cool. Moving right along to our number seven, who has just finished one point ahead of of Marie Johannes on our list. And that is Natasha Cloud. 
And again, we kind of all had her in the same neighborhood. Becky and I had her seventh and MJ had her eighth because he's a hater. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's perfectly reasonable. Natasha Cloud, she is uh, one of the better defenders on well, the list. Well, I got to be the hater on, some, on Natasha no, Cloud. It's fine. I'm, I'm joking. She's I'm a joking. great leader. Yeah. She, Natasha Cloud <laughs> is is a very good player, maybe just below the, the superstar level or the all WNBA star level. Maybe, well, she hasn't made an all-star game in, in quite some time either. So on that borderline, I would say, is what she is. A lot of good fundamentals in it, or a lot of good, what do you call it, intangibles related to her. And again, probably among this list and probably the best or second best if you, depending on how you consider Jewel Lloyd in terms of defense. And and on the only weakness she really has is her shooting. She vowed to be more of a shooter this year. Percentages were not super great, but they were, I think, pretty tolerable at least and opened up a bit more of her game. She led the league in assists. And I think part of that was the threat of her her willingness to to take shots that opened up the floor for her a bit. And also a very good supporting cast in terms of making shots that she that she delivered passes on. Offensively, the the pick and roll efficiency was mostly undone by her by her shooting. I will go and look into that, but let's talk to you. Becky, what what are your thoughts on Natasha? You really hit on everything. Obviously, she was the assist leader last year. Only person to unseat Courtney Vandersloot in, I think, five or more seasons. And really great defender, known for her defense. And also, I think it matters, as MJ stated, that she's a really good leader, hype man, mm-hmm. player on the team, filling that role. So her shooting's not quite, <laughs> she's a shooter now. <laughs> me. Declared, she declared herself a shooter. <laughs> and, you know, it worked for a while. She said she was a shooter yeah. now, and media just reported that for a while. Yep. So that's one strategy to get your reputation up. But, yeah, she's a really, really good. Yeah, I think part of the reason that she also made the all-defense team was that she said, I'm all-defense this year. Don't even play me. <laughs> and it was like, everyone, yes, ma'am. <laughs> when Natasha Cloud takes a campaign stance, you yep. go along. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yep, that's that leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of intangibles at work here. She's just like what you really want—a floor general out there in terms of and the way she pumps everybody up and and you know a lot of like what you've described with Candace Parker is that she's always boosting players up and getting them to focus, lock in, play hard, that kind of thing. Really cool. We love we love Natasha Cloud. Yeah, I'm sorry, Natasha, that I have you eighth on my list. (laughs) No, I I mean, I really love her and I love the journey and what she's done for the game and off the court. And and yeah, she like you said, she's she's like Candace, except she doesn't necessarily punch the clock in like Candace will when needed all the time, per se. But she's usually there. Like, I think she keeps that organization like that team together because without her, I don't know if I mean. Maybe EDD will be fine, but what about everybody else? You know, so yeah, I would have to. Just, that's something to look at. I need to look into that a little, a little tighter. All right, moving on up. Number what number are we on? Number six on our list again. The her uh, this this player Cloud and Johan all within a few points of each other, so our rankings were kind of fluid. Uh, is Kelsey Mitchell who? I had her sixth, Becky had her fifth, and uh, again, the hater, MJ Volume. Her, <laughs> Volume. <laughs> had her ninth. 
It's because what's missing? Okay, so what's missing from Kelsey Mitchell for you, MJ? You had her below Natasha Cloud and Marine Johannes and Marina Mabry. It's not what's missing. She's she got all the scoring. She got the passing. Mm-hmm. It's just I want to see if whenever Indiana will do you first. Do you think she's going to stay in Indiana? Is is she up? Is like what's going on with that? I think she's she's locked in through next year at least. Okay, so when if Indiana gets it together enough, like patches their roster up enough to where let's say let's say destiny takes another step maybe i don't know what do you guys think of lexi hull you think she'll do if if we decide to play three on three in the WNBA this year she's going to be a monster okay so (laughs) i don't know i mean it's it's really she's 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 very like she has showed some really surprising athleticism in that three by three tournament i was i was really floored by how athletic she looked in that yeah. so if she if she can show that any any part of that in the WNBA I think we're going to see a bit of a bump up a surprise coming from her right so basically that's where I'm coming from like in the event that a lot of the players around her grow and they bring in some pe- some more veteran pieces mm-hmm. is she will she be considered a volume player for last season or will she still be able to do the same things that she was doing if you take the ball from her for another five possessions you know what i'm uh, saying because yeah it, even it if may the break scoring her drops i i think that she she is has enough passing and i think she can get even more efficient like the more attention is drawn away from her i i feel like she's a player that could that it could only be good for and maybe maybe not the 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 hard numbers in terms yeah. of scoring yeah but in terms of efficiency, I could see her really spiking if Aaliyah Boston is a game changer like we think she might be. I'll say you got Aaliyah going. <laughs> she's not that inefficient right now. No, she's not. She, no. she, she is. She is very. She is actually very efficient. She has been. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what, she's that's also been very consistent. So she's been like she's been in the top five points per game the last three years and it was 18.4 points per game 17.8 points per game 17.9 points per game she has been consistent in what she's giving to the team right i think and i think i agree with you that as the team gets better hopefully it'll it won't be that it won't hit her at all it doesn't need to she needs to be if anything they might as well build around her like the pieces need to come in but the i guess the coach needs to design the offense and curate things around her to keep her as a focal point and not wash her out, you know? Yeah, I think she'll get better as the team gets better. It's not going to be a situation where the team gets better in Suns League. She'll be the new Chelsea. Yeah, so she is 13th overall in points for possession over the past two seasons. She is really, really quite a bucket. In terms of the the synergy stuff, She last year she was in only the 49th percentile as in in points per possession, but we're also talking about Indiana here, which is really rough. Not, not a whole lot Volume. when she was, yeah, when she was looking for her own shot, she was 60th. So I think that that was more kind of along the lines of nobody really to pass to no, just no guaranteed finishers amongst your teammates. And that, that level of context matters also because we were th- talking about her contract, she signed through 2024 and then in 2025, she will be an unrestricted free agent. But yeah, Kelsey Mitchell is great. We've done a lot of comparisons between her and and Arike because they're kind of similar in some respects. But Kelsey is is more of a pick and roll player than Arike is. Uh, look, 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 these percentages really quick. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven percent of her possessions are are pick and roll finding for herself. Fifty nine 
25% if you include passes. So she is primarily that. I think that she could probably benefit a bit from being maybe a little bit more spot up, but that would require like Destiny Henderson or somebody to take a step forward because they they do need a little bit of improvement from lead guard. Hmm. So I think if she transitions more toward a wing role, I think that would probably be best for her. But yeah, Kelsey Mitchell's great. I had her solidly locked in as sixth on my list. And the top five, we're kind of getting to. I think you can make an argument. I personally thought you could make an argument for any of them in any order, depending on how you looked at it. But the way that it fell for us was number five is Courtney Vandersloot. Both MJ and I had her fifth. Becky had her third because she is a giant Chicago homer, but that's totally fine. <laughs> Becky, tell us tell us about your favorite point guard in the world. Best point guard in the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to talk myself down from just listening to her first. <laughs> I was really, really surprised she wasn't first on your list. <laughs> I, was try- <laughs> I was trying to be reasonable. And partially it's because I watch her play so often. And so yep. you see kind of four of the intangible things. How even though her assist numbers were down this year, she still really runs the team on the floor and her vision for her teammates is just kind of incredible to watch. She also was a very strong defender this past season, something that I think she didn't have quite the reputation for before. I don't know if you can guess on who on our top 10 list had the best defensive rating. Oh. Uh-oh. It was, was, it, was it? Well, I can imagine it was Courtney because Chicago's is really good and that really affects individual yeah. DR. <laughs> Oh, now, wow. yeah. Defensive rating is not the innocent false stat. <laughs> True. Jasmine Thomas's was higher up in her four or five games or whatever, but Courtney Vanderloop's had the highest and was the 10th in blocks per guards. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a um, stat I did not know. Yeah, me either. Yeah. She's a great player. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is a great player. I had her fifth when I eventually came down to it out of these these five, and it was largely due to two factors. And one was age, which was minor, because I think I think she's a kind of player that will age well in in terms of her play. But you have the other four that we're talking about who are basically close to, if not they're in their prime, very close to it. You know, not far, not far beyond it. Like maybe Chelsea Gray, I think, is the the second oldest there, and she is thirty, so she's three years younger than. Than Courtney Vandersloot and everybody else is in their prime and and rising up and then and then the Chicago's the age aging of Chicago's roster worries me. We don't know if Quigley is going to play. We don't know if you know. I mean, Candace Parker is playing. We know that she's she's also getting getting into any a potential age range where the, the wall looms. If it's not if it's not here, it, it's looming. And then also we don't know where Courtney Vandersloot is going to play necessarily. We don't know if she's coming back to Chicago or if she she's going somewhere else. She's a UFA. And there were some contract disagreements prior to her signing for this upcoming season. So we don't know. She could wind up in Seattle, and then we'd, I'd have a maybe a different opinion. Oh, just we're not I'm just talking about that. Throwing it out. We're not. We're not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna get too deep into speculation here. As you might imagine, Courtney Vandersloot is has the highest assist percentage rating of anybody in the league over the past two seasons. She is pretty good in terms of true shooting, 551 over the past two seasons, which is is decent. Last year, percentages in pick and roll are were not great. And I think that was more a function of offensive problems that they just kind of had throughout the year. She had trouble finding her own shot. And I think it was also new players coming in. And it, it just it just really didn't the pick and roll itself didn't really 
jibe that much. It's, it's just something that happened. But historically, obviously, she is has been fantastic. And I would expect her to be as well next season, no matter where she plays. So that was the only reason I had her fifth. And, yeah. and we will kind of see the players ahead of her right now. In the number four spot, we had Jewel Lloyd. I think I was the highest. No, MJ, you were the highest on her. You had her second on your list. I had her third, and Becky had her sixth with Kelsey Mitchell cracking the top five above her. So I guess we'll talk with you first, Becky. What, why, would you, why would you be relatively down on Jewel Lloyd? I, she had a relatively down season. This she did. Season. And, you know, it may just be an anomaly of a season. Yeah. She still was really solid on defense, but her offensive game, she had a 39.6 field goal percentage. Yeah. Not very high. I didn't love all of her shot selection. And I found that there was, there were just some games where it kind of Jewel wanted to take over and couldn't. And it hurt the team because she, in past seasons, she's done that a lot, <laughs> taken over and benefited the team. And I, I hope my ranking is wrong. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, it was, I was looking mostly at last year's statistics, and so... Yeah, you're not wrong. Not it it was not a great season for her offensively. And that was mostly related to two-point shooting, which is just just kind of weird. I, I don't know how to explain it other than potentially an injury or just really lack of vibes with less spacing coming from the other wing spot, which was Abby Williams. Maybe it just, it just wasn't working out. But when she tried to get her own shot out of pick and roll usually did not go well so i I think mj and i are kind of banking on a comeback and maybe we're just more confident about that she's still really young i just yeah i just don't see why this would continue but i don't know why it happened in the first place so just taking best guess and and being optimistic she is was an all WNBA player consistently over the last prior to this year she's just been one of the best guards in the game i kind of just, I think she'll return to that. But I, yeah, the skepticism is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad you threw that in there because it is something to pay attention to is if for some reason her short, her shooting game has, has diminished. Percentages were really, really bad, especially for a player of her caliber, finding her own shot out of the pick and roll 39th percentile. That's, that's terrible. 42nd percentile when you include passes, not good, really tough on offense if if pick and roll is not thriving because it's one of the three main ways that you need to score and one that guards are the most responsible for so yeah that's rough did you have any thoughts on her aside from what we've talked about no i i agree with becky like it it was ugly and you guys know how i feel about seattle at least over the last couple of seasons like mm-hmm. Sometimes they look like they have an identity crisis and they don't know who wants to lead off. But, but we know clearly now, like after what we've seen from this season, it's Brianna Stewart and it should be. So maybe with Sue Bird retiring. That worries me a little bit even more. She will be she will definitely be in the lead guard position unless they make an acquisition like a Vandersloot or something like that. I, I think she'll tra- I think she'll be able to transition because it'll become her responsibility, you know, like, yeah. and, and that's something that she'll add to her game. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm Mr. Optimist over here. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't cut players. And <laughs> all I that. know. I know. We have I get it. team woman rosters and all of that, but yeah, I just, I see her having a bounce back season. Cause I don't know what at the beginning of the season, maybe she did have an injury or something, but I, you know, I didn't really see that. I just thought she just couldn't figure it out, but she had some 
some highlights in the playoffs that that was like, okay, that's Jewel. So if if we're gonna see those highlights going for and what she's just known to do then yeah yeah if the shot's fallen then she's yeah, great then uh, she can sit comfortably like where i got her but if not mm-hmm. then becky said what sixth i think right yeah yeah then then that's right because and that's still still, still very good but and that's still yeah. high because it's yeah. like you're behind four you're behind five prime players because sloop to me is the prime point guard of the league so right that's that's not a bad spot to be in yeah okay so these final Three players were, when taking our collective tabulation, we're all within one point of each other. We actually have a tie for number one, but coming in third, one point behind the other two. I think this was mostly due to me. <laughs> what is Sabrina Ionescu? And I had her at the top. Uh, Be- yeah, <laughs> Becky had her fourth and MJ had her third. And again, like I said, the top five, I think you can put them in just about any order and and not be not be wrong you can make a good defense for anything i just think that she's going to take over it's time and she was great last year in on an offense which didn't really i mean they had some options they had hanshu natasha howard had one of her you know wasn't terrible after a while right probably probably most of her value was on defense but everybody else kind of struggling sabrina kind of decided she needed to to take over she did a great job of it 78th percentile points per possession in finding shots for herself out of the pick and roll 66 percentile that really tracks kind of with how i felt i don't think the problem was her i think that she just didn't have the finishers on this team i thought she was really good i thought she the switch flipped like maybe what a third of the way, quarter of the third of the way through the season. And then she was just kind of marvelous. Yes. From then on, it's just, that's it's, it's all optimism. I do think that there are some physical limitations with her that are, that have kind of manifested himself. And that's been part of her problem up to this point is that the, the athleticism has ramped up, but her instincts, shot making ability, the, the soft skills as, as we like to call them, the that vi- court vision everything else is is really really supreme and i think she can overcome the the relative lack of athleticism all of that she's she has a hard time getting to the rim and finishing at the rim but out on the perimeter she's marvelous i think she figured it out her decision making is going to get better any improvement in this roster is probably going to work wonders for her. Even if it's like, we're going to play Maureen Johannes 30 minutes a game, just, just have, throw them both out there and let's go. I would, I would welcome that. <laughs> I, I don't know that it's going to happen. We'll see, but yeah, I mean, it just, I, I think she's ready to take over. And I think this is the year that she does it. And that's why I had her number one, but let's get your thoughts. Becky, let's start with you. I think all of that is very reasonable. <laughs> I, my, <laughs> The only thing that put me and me less high on her, mm-hmm. I've mentioned this before. It was watching live the game that Chicago played the New York Liberty at the beginning of last season. That was yeah. one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life by any mm-hmm. basketball team. <laughs> she was a negative 30 in the plus minus Ooh. on that game. And still occasionally it's not like Marina Mabry level, but she also has one of those 
where occasionally she'll it'll feel like she's not having an off off game mm-hmm. and so that obviously like marina mabry you hope that that just cleans it up and her best games are more indicative of where she's going to be next year than some of her worst games but it was i think that game is burned into my skull and it's gonna though <laughs> <laughs> there, there were a lot of there were uh, that was one of the things that it was like Oh, I, I, I just assumed she was stronger, more athletic than she was until I saw her live. And I'm like, wow, she's really, she's like slight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they could really, in that game, a lot of what they were doing was bullying her, mm-hmm. uh, bringing the ball up the court, that she couldn't handle the defensive pressure. And I've seen her in other games really handle the de- defensive pressure well. But in that game, they had to run all sorts of things, the Liberty, to get her to be able to get the ball up the court. Yeah, um, definitely. And so I think it was obviously she's had multiple triple doubles, had some incredible performances last year, but it was that kind of watching that stinker live. <laughs> put it's her just... down to whatever number five <laughs> as opposed to number three for me. I get it. Yeah. I get it. MJ, what are your thoughts on Sabrina? I'm gonna lob a question to you first. Okay. You do you see her having an MVP season with the right piece? No, only just because there are so many really strong bigs and okay. she's she can't make up for that on defense okay so that's the only that's the only reason i say no but at first team all WNBA, 100 i think she's a, she's very capable of it yeah because those those double doubles she was getting and then she got a couple triple doubles didn't she like two or three yeah like yeah it's was, like the so you remember the courtney vandersloot season in the wobble where she was getting a, some mvp you know uh, attention yeah. yeah, some attention, but it still came down to all right. You, you've still got some. You've still got Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, and they're they're such great two dimensional both ends of the court players. And uh, like Courtney Vandersloot had, like I think if you go back and look at it and look at it statistic st- statistically, it was one of the best point guard seasons of the past 10, 12 well, years. She's the only player to ever average a double double with assists, right? Uh, even that which i don't think will happen again a part part of that was it was a shorter season yeah Uh, but like the underlying all the underlying stuff was really great too like even aside from the numbers yeah yeah and even that wasn't enough to get a point guard over the line so you (laughs) you that's that's the only reason like i say when we we talk about mvps for perimeter players it's really rough what was her average wasn't it like 11.6 or something like that for some i can look that up very very high but I think I think that she uh, getting back to a uh, Sabrina, she was you know I'll, just to be quick, she was the orbit for that team. Like whatever them making it to the playoffs and everything was on her back, and just seeing that display and her elevating her game to that level. And you know I was fearful in the podcast that we we had. I was like, is she gonna get hurt again? Because you don't want to overwork her, right? So if she can if she can stay healthy, that's really my only problem. Like just stay healthy, and if you're healthy, you're definitely top three easy yeah yeah I, I just think that she is going to be great so the the final two on our list both from the WNBA championship las vegas aces <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i said it like that it's a champagne bottle uh, let me let me pop a bottle real quick <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm coming down with a cold but uh, there's always time for celebratory aces champagne <laughs> is it, it came down to chelsea gray and Kelsey Plum, both of the the Las Vegas Aces, they both tied with 26 points, were given the number one spot based on 
on two out of three ranking her ahead of Chelsea Gray. We're giving number one to Kelsey Plum. So let's talk Chelsea first. The MJ, you had her number one. Are you expecting her to shoot like 70% the way that she did in the playoffs all next year? Because if she does that, I agree with you. She's going to be the best guard in the game. I mean, it's... If she doesn't have championship hangover and she actually comes in with the same preparation that she, I guess, changed, she said, like, after the break or during the break, the all-star break, because it's like from there on, she was like an entirely different player. Yes. So if she if she comes into the season already ready or as ready as can be anyway, I'm not sure if she's they already played for the cup or whatever. So I'm not sure if she's like actively in the morning getting up going putting up shots working out and maintaining that doing what she has to do you know not eating super huge holiday dinners for two three and four days out of the week after the holiday pass and like as long as she's maintaining her off-season regimen in the same way that she started it during the break then i'm not gonna say she's shooting 70 percent. it might be more like 60 you know and maybe maybe not that because it's a long season but yeah she, I can see her being more efficient and then being clutch because that's really what it was for me. It's like whenever they needed a bucket, it was like Chelsea Gray spinning around on the top. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've never seen that. I don't, I can't recall. Like who, who's been that unconscious? Maybe Maya Moore. Maybe, maybe, yeah. It's at points or certainly, yeah. It's it's definitely. I did look up like perimeter players just to like look and see who had similar Albert in terms of points and assists <laughs> and true shooting percentage. Not a lot. Like Diana Taurasi had some really good postseasons, and that there were there weren't that many more. However, whoever it was, it was it was really kind of bonkers. So did Kelsey still? I mean, Kelsey. Did <laughs> while I'm thinking Kelsey Mitchell, did Chelsea close with the what were they saying? She's got the highest true shooting percentage across all like like basketball, all of basketball, men's, women's. Like, oh, last year she yeah. may have had it by the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, like it, man. In the, in that's, the playoffs, that's, it wasn't like the highest ever in the playoffs. Okay. Were some, but it was like mostly bigs. Who at were one point it was though ahead of they her. had they yeah had graphics for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that alone, I'm gonna just I'm gonna cut it off there. But that that she impressed me. I'm gonna just say that. Yeah. Oddly, I had her the lowest <laughs> among all of our various lists. I'm the hater <laughs> this time around. The only reason the only reason being is just I'm a little more focused on the historical record and also just yeah like if you before prior to this season when we did our top 25 i had her 26 which should just kind of tell you i thought she was great but i thought there were some obvious limitations and that was mostly related to her shooting but the way that she picked it up and it wasn't just in the playoffs it was a solid month and a half of really really solid solid just crazy crazy shooting to the point where she really made her number last year looked really good by the end of the season just the way she she picked up but she went also from didn't make the all-star team to to freaking legend over that time right so i had to just 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 like trying to think through it logically you know me i'm, I'm i try not to be a homer and i try to try to you know temper no, my ahead. be a homer be a homer <laughs> well i hope i hope you're right i hope she is the best guard in the game next year or at least best or second best to to kelsey i'll take either one of those things uh, yeah it's just she, she there was a long history of of just not really good efficiency from her shot because she was taking fewer and fewer three-pointers. With Becky, I'm not worried about that. I think Becky will nail her foot down, <laughs> send a shock shock pad or something into her foot if she if she steps steps in a step and and takes a long two. She the, that that I think Becky really helped open up her game into just taking more threes. And then she just just doesn't get to the rim 
the the way that she used to but she makes those mid-range shots really well like we were talking about with with courtney williams it doesn't really matter how good the defense is that she is <laughs> she's kind of really consistent even if it's it, when even when it wasn't the best percentage she was good at getting shots off against good defense that are hard to get good shots off against and that made her really useful in playing against them even when even without her crazy shot making ability where that just went to the next level and then she became unstoppable from that point on uh, i'm very very happy with this <laughs> i'm happy to have her tied for first it's on two players up here i know <laughs> we might have a good season who, who can say becky what are your thoughts on chelsea I totally get why MJ had her first. I yeah. was considering it too because last we saw her, she was the greatest player in the world. That's a really good argument. <laughs> <laughs> and how do, well, you know, why would that change in the offseason? 72.7% true shooting in the playoffs, just out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a really great assist to turnover ratio during the season. Obviously, yep. she's known for those flashy passes, which we love to see. Also, who do you think has the most steals per game on this list? What? That's Yeah, that really ramped up. That was a big, big improvement in her game, especially against bigs. She would go down and yeah, defend bigs, and then they the get the instant pass. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, charges taken. Uh, we don't bar. have those numbers, but she was definitely high up there. She took a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Big, big, big defensive improvement. And the, the steals was something that was consistent all year. I don't know like what suddenly changed but i guess it was part of her conditioning and figuring out that she had a big huge advantage there yeah i think she was really using that to her advantage right she's got kind of a unique physicality for a point guard mm-hmm. she's just taller and stronger than a lot of point guards she, yeah so she's she wing size for sure use some of that muscle in the paint too yeah she yeah, I, uh, she looked like first. I was really close. And then I was like, okay, let's consider the whole year. I don't know. Her teammate is first team all WNBA. <laughs> They're both pretty well credentialed, but so she just got knocked down to second. No, no worries. I, I'm very happy with your top two. She looked like Jordan, man. That's why I'm so marveled. Yeah, uh, there's there's no question. If, if she plays, if it's like closer to her end of season than than her overall, she's going to be probably the best guard in the league pick and roll ball handling finding her own shot 92nd percentile 1.058 percent points per possession finding her own shot out of pick and roll is astounding that's really really good uh and then including passes 87th percentile she is really really strong in all those areas her offenses team when you look at team offenses in the playoffs even they're usually very very good her game translates very very well to the playoffs yeah top four is is what i have her and it was very very tough to order those top four i'm fine with it if she's top two top one i'm not going to complain <laughs> chelsea gray she's <laughs> wonderful i like i said i think i said at some point i just want to name something after her i don't know what but that's how i feel about her anyway tied with her in in Overall first on our place. list, yeah. yeah, but we're giving her first because she she led on two of our lists ahead of I think Kelsey or Coco had her one point one point behind Kel- had Kelsey Plum first. I had Kelsey Plum second, and MJ had Kelsey Plum fourth because he's a hater. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, Kelsey Plum is is collectively our first or tied for first guard. That we're expecting to succeed this season so uh, becky let's start with you why did you have her at the top of your list she had a 
really incredible season last year. Won a title. She was, <laughs> as I mentioned, she was first team All WNBA. The only one on this list to make the first team All WNBA last season. Yep. She's still young, getting better every year. I don't see any reason to think she's not going to be the best ball handler in the league next year. I kept it pretty simple with her. I don't know. Yeah, that is that, that is <laughs> entirely reasonable. She is fourth in points per possession. Or I'm sorry, no, she's eighth in points per possession over the past two years. It is, I believe, all... You know, Arike is the only perimeter player who is ahead of her. And as you might imagine, Kelsey Plum's true shooting percentage is much, much better than Arike's. So to call her the best perimeter scorer is probably not unwarranted. 17th in assists per possession. And yeah, really good pick and roll numbers. She is closer to kind of the wing level. Like if we were dividing players, she... Last year, she did a lot off ball, like not as quite as much as she did on ball, but it was close. And if you're looking for players kind of toward that borderline, that was that was her thing. Efficiency, she was it was just it was good, not super 67th percentile, finding her own shot out of pick and roll 72nd percentile, pretty good, including passes. I don't think that is is her 100% strength. And I do think that she tried to do tried to be like uh, take shots, maybe some shots that we're better off being passed up because she was just being so aggressive. But in the end, it was a definitely a net positive. She's just she's just a bucket. She's fantastic. A really, really great score. And when she locked down on defense, which wasn't 100% often, but I kind of understood you know, the reasons for it, then she could also be very, very good on that end. And then the rest of the year, when she didn't lock down on defense, it went about as well as you would expect. <laughs> MJ, how do you feel about Kelsey Plum? I had a ranked what for? Yeah, you uh, did. And, and that... That's the only reason why I really just the the two way, yeah, in the inability I'll say at times, and then just when when she had her slump, it was like a slump slump, you know, and a lot of times when they needed her in the clutch, she didn't pull through a few. Well, I won't say a lot of times. It wasn't like it was a lot. They won a championship for God's sake, but the times that I was you know expecting her, and it's a little bit of bias in there, I guess, because you know, like I said, I'm just eyeballing them, <clears throat> and you know somebody else like Chelsea would fill in. So that's, that's really the only reason why, but I think that, I think that she can, she can arguably be number one, but just, I want her to stay. I mean, it's kind of hard to ask for consistency from shooters because they have, they're going to have a slump. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point in their careers, they're going to slump and it might be two or three of them. Like they might have two or three slumps in every like, little portion every every let's say 33 percent like when they hit the 33 percent of the first part of their career then they're gonna have another one 33 percent later and they're gonna have another one towards the end so hopefully she comes into the season the same way like i was saying about chelsea she's uh, whatever she figured out at the end because she figured it out like it got out of hand when she figured it out it was like yeah you thought she was gonna win haha <laughs> no bye so if she if, the, if she shows up like that too like ready to go and you know, no hangover. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I got her, I got a vision of her right now in my head of her doing the dance on the, on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like the funniest thing to me. But yeah, if she comes ready, man, like, yeah, she can be the best player in the league because she's got the shot. She's mm-hmm. got the handle. Of course, I give a lot of players a time, especially guards, to develop on a defensive end because they exert so much energy on a defensive end. Yeah. That, and and then you try to you got a defensive player of the year candidate slash defensive player of the year on your team, you can kind of get away with just running a lot of people into them or into their space. And 
and getting help defense, you know, so it's not a big of that big of an ax from her, especially if you got Chelsea snatching balls from people too. like it it just works, man. Like it it's, it's really interchangeable. This top five is interchangeable and her and Chelsea are interchangeable at the top as well. Yeah, she is. She has been a very good defender or been at least a good defender in the past past couple of seasons under Bill. Especially, yeah. she really worked on that, and she went from somebody who never went over screens to like being a really dogged defender out on the perimeter. I think she took kind of the year off doing that to focus more on her offense, and that's understandable to yeah. to extend more energy there. She is a career thirty nine point nine percent three point shooter. She shot forty two percent on seven and a half attempts per game last year, which is bonkers. Nice. Yeah, yeah, just really nuts. There are still areas of improvement, and she is young enough to make them in regards to her floor game decision making. A lot of times, it was going to her bread and butter, which is that bank shot, lefty bank shot off the glass, which, where she just would take it kind of like from further and further out, to, depending on who was guarding her or who was in in the middle there. And it was it worked more and often still than not. Make it, <laughs> yeah, and still make it. Yeah, um, it, it was it was a very reliable f- shot for her. But I, I just think that she kind of needed a little bit more variety, a little bit more willingness or ability facility to pass but i she is also like as liz cambage stated nobody loves basketball more than kelsey plum and nobody works harder to improve herself so i i would not bet against her to just like take the next leap and just cement herself as one of the best guards in the league year after year wouldn't surprise me at all so fitting very fitting number one for our list what about I'm Becky? Did, did, you, did you get in? Oh, about Kelsey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But I'm realizing we haven't mentioned four listeners who might mm-hmm. be sitting here going, what about Skylar Diggins-Smith? Oh, yes. So, all right. We did not include her on the list because it's unclear if she will play next season, how much she's going to play next season due to pregnancy. Right. So this these upcoming lists over the next month are how we expect in the 2023 season. So the, the few players that we know are kind of out, all with pregnancy, I believe, are congratulations. Uh, Skyler. Yeah. Congratulations to all the soon-to-be moms. Skyler is probably expected to be out for most, if not all. Derek Hamby. Uh, I don't know necessarily know she, that she would make the top 20 big list, but it, she's a good player and she'll be out. And Natalia Chanwa, who probably would definitely not make the top 20 bigs list, but she's a wonderful person and she's been very, very involved in the league. And I stand. She's also happened. Baby. So two, two Notre Dame graduates. So none of them are eligible for these lists. Yeah, Skylar would buddy it up even more in terms of that top five, making it a, a top six. And you funny snap. <laughs> baby. <so>, babies. <laughs> having the babies. <laughs> very, okay, very, powers. very, very beautiful babies. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations to all of them. They're, they're not going to figure in our rankings. But you know who is? Brittany Griner will be by the time the big's around. We're very, very happy about that. I'm happy to have her on the list. And and that's been it. Does anybody have any final thoughts on just about anything that they want to share? Becky, do you have anything? This made me miss the WNBA. Yeah. I'd for it to be back. You don't have a rant? I thought you had a rant. I was following you on Twitter one day and you had a rant. I don't have a rant this week. I don't know. It's all good vibes. Brittany's back. We're just, we're vibing. Well. How about you, MJ? How are the the Pistons doing? I don't even know. They're all right. They're okay. Okay. Kind of tanking, kind of tanking, kind of not. All right. I will say I'm. it's my birthday tomorrow. I don't, I don't hey. really like, 
Uh, I don't like the attention yeah. so birthday, much. MJ. Happy thank birthday, you. man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I will, I'm going to try to Do you have an Amazon me. wish list or something. Nah, oh, just, okay. wish, just, just wish me happy birthday. I'm good. All right. Well, happy birthday. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's been it. No, I'm just the the it's been all good news in terms of the WNBA. We're really super happy. Brittany is back and I don't even want to sully that with any negative vibes about anything else. I'm looking forward to it. Upcoming season. I'm looking forward to doing the podcast with you guys. We did put ourselves out on a couple of other different platforms just in case Elon destroyed Twitter in a fit of peak rich billionaire <laughs> peak. So we're out on Instagram. I haven't actually posted anything on there, but I'll share, obviously share these pods. We'll put them up there just so you guys can, can see them and maybe it'll get some traction. And we ran ourselves in one of the alternative social networks, Mastodon, which I think basically works just like Twitter. It just looks weird, but uh, it's out there as well. I may be the only follower of it on on that on the that platform. That's okay. You gotta, you gotta link us to that one. I did the if you follow the sixth pod, it's it's right there. On Twitter? The address on Twitter, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I put it on I put it on Twitter. <laughs> I'll follow. Just in case. If you got a Mastodon account. If you got a Mastodon account, downloaded it, case, but I didn't start it. I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, let me know what it is, man. You can follow me. I can follow you. But if you're out there, you can you can check my profile and you will see my Mastodon address. And SixPod is now out on there too. And it's just basically going to be retweeting from from whatever we put on Twitter mostly. But it'll be there at least if you just feel like you're done with Twitter and you want to try something else. Anyway, that's it. This has been the sixth pod of the year. We are happy to be doing some off-season Podden talking about WNBA players because we love them so much. And we're going to be doing that over the next month. So please tune in, enjoy. You can talk a little bit about this process. I'm, I'm not 100% thinking it's the best way to do things, or maybe we can think of another way to split up bigs, but I just couldn't think of anything offhand or whatever. But um, go yell at us on Twitter. Yeah, go yell at us on Twitter. If you, if you just like, or we're totally confused, you're like, what the hell is he doing? Guards, ball handlers, wings. What? What is this? This is confusing. I don't like it. <laughs> Feel free to tell us. That's okay. We're we're open to criticism. Not enough we, people disagree with us online. No, it's not. We're we're Honestly. we're just too we're too nice. <laughs> we're I, too I can right. I can say something to make them disagree. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you sure? I I can I can mention a name. What's oh, who are you name? gonna mention? <laughs> I don't even know who's this. You do know. Who? Oh, Lexi Brown? Lexi Brown. Lexi Brown. Lexi Brown. Why? Well, Lexi Brown is in one of the top Lexi, ten guards. Lexi Brown should have been on the guards list, man. No, she should not have. No, I'm she playing. absolutely <laughs> is not. I'm playing. Absolutely is. You not. know, I got to throw her in there. So. <laughs> well, you get to talk about her next week if you want to put her on the top ten wings. So I'm looking that's... forward to it. Trust her in. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the list is is part, is only part analysis, and then, like the rest of it is vibes anyway, so yeah. it's fine. Anyway, that's been it for the sixth pot of the year. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Top 10 Wings. After that, Top 20 Bigs Part 1. We're going to split that up into two podcasts, and that'll be fun. And just enjoy. Hit us up. Tell us what you think. That's it. For Rebel Cargo, for MJ Tolliver, I'm Snap Wilson. Peace out. Peace out. Goodbye. <laughs>